You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens. Hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained, of course. Um, Welcome. Hello. My name is Amy Johnson, and I will be your host for the next hour, stepping in, uh, but no replacement for Michael Spinella while he is out of uh, out of away from the office this weekend. Uh, So happy to be here with you. This is episode 229 of the Canadians Connection podcast. And of course, I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the tremendous editor-in-chief, founder and president of Rocket Sports, the one and only Mr. Rick Stevens. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Um, We're happy to have you here. Thanks for filling in. We're always happy to have you. you on the show and in the studio. Glad to be here. A little chilly. <laughs> it's a little chilly. It is, yeah. Uh, everywhere, I think. And um, I was looking through my weather app, and whether it's Winnipeg or Thunder Bay or Toronto or uh, Montreal. Uh, or Pennsylvania, where I am. Well, It's cold here, too. Uh, minus 23 currently in uh, Montreal. Um, feels like minus 32. That's, uh, that's as cold as it gets uh, as I look down uh, my list of temperatures I keep an eye on. So... Welcome here on this uh, chilly day. Thank you. I'm happy to have an excuse to just be bundled up in the sweats and uh, <laughs> staying inside today. And for the most part, uh, most of the groundhogs uh, agreed that six more weeks of this, six more weeks of winter. Most of them did. Um, your pal Wyerton Willie out in Ontario seems to, for for some reason, is the only person who says... That spring is coming. I don't I don't know where he really got that from. Although I really what I'm more concerned about is what the what Fred the Marmot um, <laughs> prediction means in Quebec, because, um, well, Fred's prediction. Uh, apparently, Fred didn't predict that he was going to die the night before Groundhog's Day. Fred Lamarmont. And we're sorry passed. to hear that. Yes. Has um, passed. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that like he saw the prediction for the upcoming year and it just. Yeah. Too much to bear. Too much. Yeah. He um, couldn't take another six weeks of this. I, I don't know. It's kind of scary. We're sorry. We're sorry. Uh, take our hats off and lower so, the flags for Fred. <laughs> That's a bit of a traumatic. Um, I feel badly for all the children that went to the. 
And the ceremony. And, yeah, the yeah. ceremony. And they're no, like expecting to see Fred the Marmot. And no, instead, well, no. we're sorry. He's, he's no longer, his earthly being is no longer with us. But yet there's some, there's some of the uh, hockey community that are in Florida uh, this week and yeah, have conveniently. been. Yeah, really. Um, Must be nice. So we'll have um, a, a report from there um, throughout the show, I think. Are we going to South Florida? Like to do a live report? No, no, oh. no. I wish. The sun, the, the temperatures look nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we are going to do today, however, uh, is we're going to talk a bit about what the Canadians did prior to the All-Star break. Get you up to date on anything going on with the roster. Uh, talk a bit about the prospects, uh, what Laval has been doing, what uh, prospects in the CHL and the NCAA have been up to. Um, the skills competition part of the all-star weekend has already taken place. Uh, and so we're going to check in on captain Nick Suzuki and how he fared in the all-star skills competition. Um, and talk about that broadcast broadcast and production overall, as well as some other news from around the NHL, like, uh, the first big trade of trade season going down, uh, this past week. The show's called trade rumbling. So it's going to be, it's going to be a theme here and there Mm -hmm. throughout the show. Uh, we're also going to talk a bit about, um, just, uh, some general headlines regarding Gary, Gary Bettman and NHL TV broadcasts and feedback from players. It's going to be, there's, there's some really interesting news items in there that I think people will like. And then, in our big topic segment, in segment two uh, this week, we're going to talk about hot topics currently surrounding the Montreal Canadiens and whether they are true or false mm. and what we think about them. All right. Uh, and then finally, in our third segment, uh, we're going to let you have your say. We've got a great question of the week for you. Uh, we've got some content that we want to be sure you did not miss from across our Rocket Sports uh, platforms and so forth, and then we'll get you all set up uh, for for next week as well. And Michael Spinella, even though he is not with us in the studio today, he is going to make an appearance on the show because he's got uh, he's got some fun uh, stay feedback, away. yes, to to bring to us. So we'll we'll be sure to get to that. So without further ado, before we really begin, I should just remind everyone that this is an interactive podcast. You can text us at any time via the Rocket Sports text line at 585-3-ROCKET. That's 585-3-ROCKET. And of course, uh, be sure to follow us at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And always bookmark and and make sure you visit kinsconnection.com and subscribe to the show there. So, uh, last week, what did the Canadians do? Well, um, they had a bat, well, they had a home and home basically to wrap up the pre all-star break period, uh, starting with a game in Ottawa last Saturday night, which, uh, could not be two more opposite ends of the spectrum. It was a great night for Owen Beck and his family as he got to make, uh, got to take the rookie lap. Got to make his NHL debut with an emergency recall from uh, the OHL. Uh, so spectacular night for Owen Beck and his family. One that he'll never forget in his entire life. Neither will his family. Uh, at the other end of the spectrum, it was a horrible night for Montreal because they got blanked five to nothing. So, um, yeah, kind of a, a tale of, of two experiences overall. 
a wonderful experience for Owen Beck, and and uh, you know it's it's something that doesn't happen very often. Uh, we talked about that last week. Yeah. Uh, a junior player being called up in an emergency uh, situation, um, and uh, but he was able to make his NHL debut. Uh, played about ten minutes and and received all kinds of praise from Marty Saint Louis, uh, saying how comfortable Owen Beck looked out there. Um, and uh, that that's only going to propel him now as as he um, uh, continues his his uh, junior career, and then when he gets back to training camp uh, with the Canadians in the fall uh, for for Montreal, um, this should have been a better game. the The Ottawa Senators were coming off of a back to back. They should have been the tired team, but again, it's it's that change to a defensive. A shell that uh, that 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 restricts the amount of offense. Uh, Sam Montembeau had a rough night in net, and uh, and the result was the five nothing score. Yeah, it was it was not pretty. That's for sure. Um, and then so so to to back that up, then they came home for the last uh, ga- the last game before the All Star break. O- Ottawa coming now to the Bell Center. Uh, so you know, okay, it's Tuesday night. Can Montreal turn things around? They had a, an embarrassing game uh, on Saturday night. Can they turn it around? Oh, wait, <laughs> it's reverse retro night, <laughs> which we all know does not bode well for the Montreal Canadiens. They've 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 managed to at least make the last two games in the reverse retros uh, interesting. They managed to make it to overtime two games ago, and in this one, they at least kind of kept up the pace with Ottawa, but eventually did fall five to four. Uh, so Ottawa, over the course of two games, putting up ten goals on the Montreal Canadiens, yeah, something. And and again, it was that the the tone was set in the first period. Uh, Ottawa shot attempts nineteen to seven. They dominated the first period. Canadians in in their shell. Uh, Canadians didn't generate much uh, in the way of five on five offense until it got to the third period. However, the the power play woke up, which uh, I guess that's good news, and, sure, and uh, and uh, contributed two goals. But in the end, uh, yes, the 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 Powder Blues are still um, winless in seven appearances, and I guess the good <laughs> news is that there's only one more game, only one more, one more game for the Reverse Retro uh, against uh, the New Jersey Devils. <laughs> I think the I think the players will be pleased about that. Um, so that leaves the Canadians sitting at 44 points. They're 26th in the NHL. Um, it's, you know, it's still, I, I will say it's still a better record than I expected them to have at this point, but Hey, anything is, anything's possible. It could get worse as we go. We'll, we'll have to wait to see, but remember every week, uh, there, are uh, plenty for you to keep track of as far as how the Canadians are doing on all habs.net, uh, Chris G with his Habs notepad article every Monday. Uh, and we've had some regular Habs features from some of our other staff writers. Uh, so be sure to bookmark allhabs.net. Check that out each and every day to make sure that you don't miss anything. Uh, we did mention that Owen Beck got recalled uh, for that debut all last Saturday night. But boy, talk about a whirlwind. You know, the 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 running cliche is, oh, he, you know, got called up and, and had a cup of coffee in the NHL. I don't even think the water started to percolate for Owen Beck 
uh, was not even anywhere close to a cup of coffee uh, because as soon as that game was done, he was returned to Peterborough. Um, didn't didn't miss anything uh, down in the CHL. Uh, they returned him and he played the next afternoon. The Pete's had a the Pete's had a game on Sunday afternoon and he played right away. Yeah, it was a, it was a bit of a surprise for me. I thought he he might have two games, uh, one to get yeah. through the nerves and. And then won uh, the next game to show what he can really do. Uh, maybe that was the agreement with, with the Peets that uh, they didn't want him to miss that game. But it would would have just been one uh, game that he missed, um, and uh, and returned quickly and and uh, is, is back to to life, uh, being a Peterborough Pete. Once uh, that game, that second game against uh, Ottawa was completed, that began the official All-Star break for the Montreal Canadiens and and their crew. So the Canadiens chose to send two players back to Laval, reassigning forwards Yessa Ullinen and Alex Belzeal. Laval is in the midst of a a two-game back-to-back series that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, So they're still playing. Uh, so Ulanen and Belzeal back down, which meant that the Canadians did not return Rem Pitlick, Justin Barron, or Raphael Harvey Pinard, um, which is a kind of it's all it's it's equally interesting who did they who who did they send back and who did they choose not to send back? Um and and you know, Barron actually is going to miss the all-star game this weekend for the AHL. He was selected uh to represent Laval, but uh, I think he probably would agree that staying in the NHL is, is an okay reason to miss that. <laughs> and he's earned his his spot. I think they want to keep him. Uh, he took uh, the demotion to, to Laval after training camp pretty hard. Um, he, he then went on to have a an all-star, an AHL all-star worthy performance um, with Laval and earned his call up. And I think they want to reward him somewhat by keeping him um, Yessa Ulan and um, that that's a bit of a, su- a surprise, and maybe it's because uh, uh, Laval could use him. But he is, um, you know, out of any of the pe- the folks we talked about, he is the most NHL ready or or NHL plays an NHL style game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at at in all zones, um, and uh, uh, I I I expect that he'll be back. Um, um, sometime uh, throughout this season. I would hope so. Um, one guy that we know is not going to be back throughout this season is Cole Caulfield as he got shut down uh, so that he could have sol- shoulder surgery. And that uh, that procedure actually went ahead on Wednesday this past week. Uh, we saw that he put out uh, a social media post of a very groggy looking uh, Cole Caulfield in, in his hospital bed, but that all went well. Um, and so now he is officially on the road to recovery. Yeah, if you missed that, head to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash allhabs. More than 50,000 Habs fans uh, check in uh, regularly and, and comment. Uh, and and there's the picture there of uh, that Cole Caulfield posted on his um, um, social media uh, from his hospital bed. Um, there's also a very robust conversation about... Um, um, and, and the question was raised: Why, why Vail, Colorado? Uh, why couldn't he stay in Quebec? Why couldn't he have the surgery um, close, close by? Um, and and it's simply, uh, well, I, I guess there's a couple of reasons for that. Vail, Colorado, 
um, the doctor that performed the surgery, uh, considered the best in the field. Uh, that's where he is, um, and has performed that uh, similar surgery on other NHLers. The other thing, and as it was pointed out in um, uh, one Montreal publication this week, there is an enormous waiting list for orthopedic surgery uh, in uh, Quebec. Uh, just just orthopedic surgeries uh, on the waiting list currently, 39,241 people, uh, and some of those folks, many of those folks have been there six months. Some have been there uh, as long as a year. Of course, orthopedic surgery, not consider it, considered uh, life-threatening. Um, so it, they aren't prioritized and, and, uh, and that extends wait time for, unfortunately, uh, the folks in Quebec. So uh, Cole Caulfield, like many NHLers, like uh, almost all NHLers, choose uh, to get the excellent care that's available uh, the top-notch surgeons in the U.S. Uh, this one was Dr. Peter Millett in Colorado, and uh, he was able to uh, get the surgery done already, and, and now he will will have started his recovery and be ready for um, action in the fall. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, this week, with the Canadians going on their all-star break, um, there actually was not... Uh, that that's really the only medical update that we can provide you is that Cole Caulfield put out a picture of himself in his hospital bed saying, I'll be back, and, and that the surgery went well. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens uh, not providing an official medical update on uh, the roster's medical status and injury statuses uh, prior to going on the All-Star break, which I think sometimes uh, things that are omitted are just as glaringly obvious as as when statements are made. This is very curious, and, and again, it relates to our theme of trade rumblings and, and whether uh, the, the trade, uh, sending the uh, messages uh, about players affect the trade negotiations. Um, th- no medical update, and that's, that's significant because we become used to Friday medical updates this season uh, with... Uh, uh, the medical staff with Chantel every Friday. Uh, typically, the Canadians provide a medical update. We'd we'd love to hear about the last we heard. Um, Joel Edmondson, Yol Armia, Jonathan Drouin were expected to be back after uh, the the All Star break and after the the ten day pause uh, that the Canadians had. Um, you know, are they on track? Are are they going yeah. to be back? We didn't hear that. And more importantly. Uh, the whole case of of Sean Monahan that weird, is very very bizarre. Um, you know, he was in that walking boot, got all the reports out of the walking boot, skating. Then he was skating and practicing with the team in a non-contact jersey for one practice only, and then he hadn't he hadn't been he hasn't been seen for about a week um, on the ice with his teammates and and no news. Um, at the beginning of the week, uh, Canadians were asked, uh, what about Sean Monaghan? And they were told, um, okay, maybe tomorrow, uh, but for sure by the end of the week, uh, we will announce uh, what's going on, an update on Sean Monaghan. That the end of the week has come and gone and no update on Sean Monaghan. So again, very curious and as you said, um, no news is 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 actually news in this kind of case. Absolutely, uh, it's 
quite interesting, I have to say. Uh, we do have news, however, about the Habs prospects, so let's take a look at this week's Habs Prospect Report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. I'm going to give you the the update on how the Laval Rocket did last week in kind of a good news, bad news. Uh, The good news is they won their last game of the week last week uh, pretty handily, beating the Cleveland Monsters in Cleveland uh, 7-4. Laval has has greatly struggled on the road this season, so a big 7-4 victory for uh, against Cleveland to round out that part of their road trip uh, last week. And that brought them to a seven game point streak, which um, everyone, you know, is, is hailing the seven game point streak. However, the bad news is, OK, seven game point streak. But that was the only win out of three games that they played last week. Um, and although they were on a seven game point streak, uh, they had lost four of their last 10 games. So. Yes, you can. It's just like analytics, you know, analytics, you can pick and choose statistics, uh, you know, which make make it work the way you want it to work. Well, yes, you could say, well, they had this gigantic win and oh, my gosh, they were on a seven game point streak. But the fact of the matter is they've still uh, they've still struggled uh, quite a bit at this season. Uh, And in fact, this week uh, they didn't play at all during the week this week. And they're currently. Halfway through uh, back-to-back in Toronto against the Marlies this weekend. Uh, They play again on Saturday afternoon and Friday night in Toronto. um, They absolutely got completely dominated. Uh, Part of the, they lost that one four to one. Uh, Just Caden Primo, uh, two of the three goals that he allowed uh, were ones that he would definitely want back. He did not look strong in net. Captain Alex Belzeal back uh, from that send down from Montreal. Uh, One of our biggest complaints about Alex Belzeal has always been his tendency to find himself in the penalty box and particularly at bad times. Well, he took a penalty 57 seconds into the game uh, and Toronto managed to score off that power play, not a minute and a half into the game after opening faceoff and it kind of went downhill from there. So um, the rocket are currently sitting at 24th in the AHL, albeit miraculously somehow they're, hanging on by a thread to a playoff position at this point, but they are, uh, they've gone four, three, two, and one in their past 10 games, which is essentially four and six. Uh, so they have one more opportunity to try to beat, uh, Toronto this afternoon, uh, Saturday afternoon, and then they go on their miniature all-star break, um, which isn't much of a, they don't have far to go because Rick Laval is, is hosting the AHL All-Star Classic finally this year after three years of, of delays. Um, and uh, we will have full coverage of the All-Star weekend. Uh, the skills competition is on Friday, uh, excuse me, Sunday night. The All-Star game is on uh, Monday night. Chris G will be in the building doing some of the coverage from there. I'll be doing the rest of the coverage uh, watching remotely. Uh, but AHL Report will be the place to go for all of the AHL All-Star Classic coverage. And we should say that representing Laval at the All-Star game will be uh, Anthony Richard and Alex Belzeal. Alex Belzeal, a late ad. Uh, Justin Barron was named to the All-Star um, um, weekend, uh, but is in, in Montreal. So Belzeal, a, a 
a late appointment, a late ad, and and a really curious one as he's mm. he's had a mediocre season, um, and uh, particularly as you said, ta- taking the bad penalties, um, and 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 typically you'd like to reward uh, a prospect. Justin Barron would be uh, one of those very good prospects. Uh, yes, Yelonen would be um, an, another another one of those very uh, positive, uh, having a positive season, and uh, from a pro- prospect uh, perspective. Um, but I think this was more of a, a, a PR a PR kind yeah. of uh, pick. So um, unfortunately, that's the way it worked out. Um, but the the Laval Rocket will have two representatives, and and as you said, um, uh, Rocket Sports uh, and the AHL Report will have full coverage of that event absolutely we will um then we uh and i should also mention when they come back from from that they have barely a minute to breathe for the all-star break and then they return uh with a home game next friday night uh against syracuse so we be sure you're just paying attention uh at the ahl report on twitter ahlreport.com we'll have all the coverage of all of those things over in the CHL, uh, the scoring race for Habs prospects in the CHL is certainly continuing, Rick. It is. Uh, at the top is Riley Kidney, and we're going to get to him in, in just a moment because he had a, a, another honor. But in 40 games, 68 points uh, at the top of, and, and I believe that means he's seventh overall in the queue um, in terms of the scoring race, um, just behind in WHL, tearing it up, uh, Jared Davidson for a very good Seattle team with 62 points, and then Joshua Waugh um, in third place um, in the CHL for Montreal Canadiens prospects. Absolutely love it. Uh, you mentioned Riley Kidney had a different honor uh, recently as well. Well, he was named the forward of the month for the month of January for the QMJHL. So that's uh, certainly high honors for young Riley Kidney. Well, we remember that he was uh, traded, uh, one of those uh, very special CHL trades yes. as th- that we love to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and since joining uh, Gatineau, the Gatineau Olympic, um, he's on almost a three-point-per-game pace. Um, including a, a five-point uh, uh, outing on January 14th. Um, he was a second-round pick in 2021, and, um, yeah, he's he's been absolutely incredible. As I said, 68 points in 40 games um, and uh, honored uh, for the month of January with uh, the Q's Forward of the Month Award. No shortage of points in the scoring race in the NCAA for Habs prospects as well. In fact, uh, if anyone was on Twitter last night, I know the All Habs uh, Twitter account retweeted some highlights of Lane Hudson's four-point night that he put up last night. I feel like every time I turn around, there's a new Lane Hudson highlight reel circulating on social media. Boston University, a 5-3 win over over Maine, and uh, with that four-point um, effort by Lane Hudson. He actually takes over the scoring race. Again, we're only looking at Canadians prospects, but in the NCAA, he moves one point up on uh, Sean Farrow, who has really uh, led that race uh, from the start of the season. But uh, uh, Lane Hudson leapfrogged him this week, and that was uh, with that four-point effort last night. 
So as we mentioned, be sure to read all of the content at AHLReport.com. Subscribe to the Press Zone co- uh, podcast. You can find that at ThePressZone.fm. We uh, have that every Tuesday talking about Habs prospects and the AHL. And uh, we'll keep an eye on all of those Habs prospects and what's happening. Um, this weekend, no, there is not any NHL hockey on, but the all the NHL All-Star weekend is is fully in force and underway. Um, and the skills competition took place on Friday night. Uh, Canadians captain Nick Suzuki, the sole representative of the Montreal Canadiens at All-Star Weekend this year. Uh, also, the sole, uh, this only had one event where he actually um, got to compete in. He participated as a, as a passer in some of the other events, but the only event that he actually competed in was one of the new events for this for this year, which was kind of themed around South Florida. And it was basically the golfing event called Pitch and Puck, uh, where uh, four players, it was he, um, Jason Robertson, Johnny Gaudreau, um, and I can't remember the fourth one off the top of my head. Um, Clayton Keller. Clayton Keller, that's who it was. Yeah. Um, had to... They, they had there was an island green. They were out on the hole of a golf course that had a uh, a par four island green. Nice little par three. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and uh, so, uh, sorry for, for what would have been a par what three would have been a par, a par three. three for yes. a, for a golf, golfer. Yeah, um, you're right. It was a it was a par four for the contest for the event. For correct. The event. Because they were using hockey sticks and hockey pucks for all of their approach shots, their their tee shots and so forth. And then once they actually got over the water onto the green, they used golf balls, but they still had to use their hockey stick as a putter. Well, um, and it was actually it, it was probably one of the more fun events of the skills competition. It was it was it was pretty fun. Corey Connors, Canadian uh, pro golfer on the PGA Tour, was there offering some tips and doing a little caddying, doing some reading of the lies and so forth. Um, and believe it or not, Nick Suzuki won. Nick Suzuki coming out the winner of the pitch and puck event at the skills competition. Uh, and here's what he had to say about the uh, the event, his all-star experience, and and winning Pitch and Puck. Well, Nick, you are the winner of the Pitch and Puck. What was that event like for you to take part in? Oh, it was a ton of fun. Uh, it was a great day to be out on the course and try something new. And, um, yeah, I was just lucky enough to sink a nice putt there to, to win it. And that was just a great day, event overall. I understand you're a pretty avid golfer uh, in the offseason, and probably when you get a chance down here to come to South Florida, did you get 18 in yet? <laughs> Not yet. We got to play uh, five or six holes after after the event with uh, Corey Connors, so that was a cool experience for all of us, for sure. Have you ever imagined combining hockey and golf quite like that? I mean, just uh, like Happy Gilmore, um, <laughs> but nah, that's a really cool event. Hopefully they can bring that back. Back-to-back All-Star appearances for you. What does it mean to represent your team and also just to have this experience that you'll always be able to look back on? Yeah, it's great to represent Montreal and, um, yeah, just to hang out with all these guys and get to know them a little bit more. And uh, It's cool for me, and a lot of them I, I watched a ton of, so just yeah. to be out there with them is really cool. Well, I was going to say, yeah, you're one of the younger guys uh, at All-Star Weekend, so I'm sure that there are some guys they really looked up to and now you get to share the ice with who's – Who's the coolest guy that you're excited to maybe even share a line with or just spend some time with? A um, few guys. Uh, Crosby and Ovechkin, obviously, uh, the two biggest names here. And 
uh, yeah, Kucherov, I'm a big fan of. So, yeah, it's pretty cool to just hang around with those guys. How's Ovi Jr.? He's awesome. <laughs> he's buzzing around the room and on the ice, and uh, I think he's the biggest hit so far of the night. So, that's uh, pretty cool. We thank the NHL Network for that uh, little interview and and very interesting. It, it, it seems like he really enjoyed that event and. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, you know, it, it was... It, he was three, hamming it up on the golf course. <laughs> well, he was. Three perfect shots, really. Yeah. Um, longest said, drive. The the longest drive. Uh, the, the shot over the water um, where he got a, a fortunate kick um, towards the hole and then a, a, about a 12-foot putt for for his birdie uh, to, to win the event. And um, he said that they, they only had about... Uh, I think they had five... Um, practice tee shots. Uh, they didn't get to practice over the water, so that was that was just by feel, uh, and they hadn't practiced their putting. So they were getting tips from, as as you said, uh, Corey Connors. And uh, after that event was over, they played. I think he, uh, Nick said about five holes with Corey Connors. Yeah, and and getting some uh, getting some tips along the way. Nick, Nick says he's about a plus ten handicap. Uh, but loves the game of golf, and and you heard that he also talked about um, the the other events, and and looking forward to spending some time with Ovechkin and uh, and Crosby. He also said that uh, uh, he's kind of envious that Cole Caulfield, his buddy Cole Caulfield, has an autographed uh, Alex Ovechkin uh, hockey stick, and he wants to get one of those. Wow. He he wants to <laughs> see if he can wrangle one of those sometime over the weekend. See, even hockey players are fans. Mm-hmm. They absolutely are. I'm going to mention one thing. Here's here's my here's my hopeful hopeful maybe prediction for Habs fans. We talked earlier in this segment about how the reverse retro curse has 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 struck again this past week. What if you looked at the things this way? Because for the skills competition, every All Star had to wear their reverse retro. So. Could we possibly say that Nick Suzuki has broken the reverse retro curse by winning the pitch and puck event wearing the powder blues? Could it be that their last and final uh, time that they're going to wear them coming up against the New Jersey Devils? We will see if Nick Suzuki winning his event at the skills competition is going to be enough to break the curse. No, technically he had a polo shirt on on the golf course. But I like I like your optimism. I like your optimism. Listen, and, and listen. Yeah, maybe. I'm trying is, to I'm trying to yeah, find some no, positive. I, here. I'm, yeah, I'm with you. Because there wasn't, you know, when it comes to the overall broadcast of the skills competition, woof. Uh, there is not a lot of positives. Uh, the the you know the cutesy dunk tank thing was was kind of fun, but but here's here's. If we're talking general impressions of the skills competition, and I used to like to watch the skills competition because that's it's kind of let's see what these guys can really do, um, you know, with with the the individual skills that they excel at. But a like if if there were report cards given out on um, grading effort, I think almost everyone in the skills competition this year would have gotten an F because. There was no trying. There, it, it, they looked completely apathetic. The pace has got 
you you could have cut that entire broadcast down by an hour if you had just kept things moving along and you hadn't if you just started an event finished an event and moved on and stopped dragging everything out um there was a lot that I wasn't impressed with including all of the quote-unquote celebrity guests which no yeah, I, I can't say that I, I knew many of the judges or um, listen, this was this was a complete disaster. Uh, and if you were on uh, social media uh, during the event, they got um, I, I didn't see any. Well, there was one curious, positive comment. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, kind of out of nowhere. But but it was uh, universally fans, media. Uh, this was a, a horrible event, and and unfortunately, um, you know, I, I think the 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 league is trying too hard um, to use this as a recruiting device for new fans with this all the gimmicky stuff that they put out there, and and that that hasn't worked. It didn't work last night. It it hasn't worked in the past. And they're also losing their traditional base of, of hockey fans, the NHL that is, um, because the fans were just disgusted by by this. And I felt badly for, um, you know, that's a nice building. We've, we've been in that building yeah. uh, for a draft, and, and uh, there were a ton of empty seats. Um, and you felt, you felt bad for the fans who actually put out good money uh, to watch that event. And as you said, it dragged and dragged and dragged. Uh, lots of the events were pre-taped or taped outside on the beach, on the golf course. Um, so they had to sit through watching uh, video uh, as if they were home. And um, and the fact that they were jumping around from event to event. They wouldn't complete an event. That was driving me nuts. Um, I think the... the Listen, uh, uh, an all-star game, an all-star weekend is not going to be perfect. Um, go back to the, you know, the the East-West, the 10-8 games, the no-hitting games, and and um, and fans would put it. And if and if you want to have a, a skills competition, have the fat, fastest skater, have the target shooting, have the hardest shot, and leave it at that because uh, this this was this was a disaster on all fronts. Uh, there was also a ton of technical issues. Um, yes, the audio. The was audio was bleeding through from one thing to another. Um, the hosts were 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 not very good, regardless of where you watched it. Um, and um, and yeah, just uh, it, it. They need to go back to uh, what has worked in the past. They're gonna. I mean, there were. There were there were former hockey players, like retired hockey players who are in the media now and so forth, who were be, Mark. I mean, say what you will about Mark Mathot, but he adeptly tweeted out that the whole event was, quote unquote, cringe, that it was just terrible. Um, Trevor Zegras yeah. put out a tweet in the middle of the skills competition and the tweet had one character. It was the emoji, the sleeping and snoring emoji. I mean, that speaks volumes when one of your hottest stars, hottest, youngest stars in the NHL right now is basically telling all of his followers that this is boring. That is not a good look for the NHL. No, absolutely. Um... So, uh, moving on. And the weird thing is, is that the all-star game itself is at three o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. Like no one's going to watch that. 
Um, okay, moving along to uh, speaking of trade rumblings, the title trade of rumblings. T- title of this week's show. There was a trade that happened uh, this past week. The New York Islanders uh, making a big deal with the Vancouver Canucks when uh, Captain Bo Horvat moved out of Vancouver to the Islanders. Uh, and in return, Vancouver getting forwards Anthony Beauvillier and Aturatu and a conditional first rounder in this year's NHL draft. Um, and it was funny, Rick, you even you even sent a message prior to the skills competition. Is Bo Horvat wearing an Islanders jersey? He hasn't even worn a real Islanders jersey yet. Yeah, that, that's right. And, and um, uh, a reverse retro at that. So yeah. uh, Bo Horvat... Um, Oh, and you can debate whether whether uh, Vancouver received enough of a return um, for him, but uh, the the first big piece is off the uh, trade deadline trade board, and um, so let's hope that we see more um, in the, the that that the pace picks up a little bit. Well, and a for the pace to pick up, just for the sake of the pace picking up, but also um, if more trade potential trade chips get injured there's not going to be a trade that's exactly day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're dropping like flies people um also should mention um if you're not uh familiar with uh the prospect piece that that came back to vancouver in in that trade aturadu um you should check out this week's episode of the Press Own podcast. You can find that at thepressown.fm, uh, hosted by myself every Tuesday. Uh, this week, both Rick and Patrick Williams joined me in the studio for the AHL Hot Stove, and we took a deep dive on who Aturadu is. Uh, Rick, you covered what his expectations were in his draft year and kind of how that changed. Patrick got us up to speed on on what he has done for the Bridgeport Islanders so far this year that kind of earned him the ability to get lumped in by Vancouver to say he's the he's the prospect piece that we want back. So be sure to check that out at thepresszone.fm. Uh, this week, big anniversary took place, and that was Mr. Gary Bettman celebrating his 30th anniversary of becoming the commissioner of the NHL. Congratulations, Gary. Great. Um, uh, listen, there was some, some real nice puff pieces put out saying, <laughs> yeah. saying that, uh, what a wonderful job Gary's done in uh, the 30 years as commissioner. I, I guess, um, you know, he's, uh, one of the, the longest reigning, um, NHL commissioners and, and, uh, there's something to be said, uh, for that and, and, and probably his association with, um, attaching himself at the hip to Jeremy Jacobs, uh, that, the owner, the the Boston Bruins, has something to do with that, but um, I I think that um, you know, and 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 uh, th- there was there was a lot of of um, things put out by the league saying that the league's enjoy is is better than ever, the game's better than ever, uh, that uh, the the you know just look at the salaries, just look at at. Uh, uh, the revenues and all of that, and uh, and, and that they, there is some truth to that, uh, but I think we we need to put it into context. And and when you go back to 1993, and and uh, the first thing that that fans in Canada will point to is that that was the last time uh, the Montreal Canadiens. That's the last time a Canadian team was awarded 
Um, and since then, um, you know, if you, if you make uh, any kind of connection at all, uh, there hasn't been another team from Canada that's won um, and connect that with Gary or, or not. Uh, I think more importantly is that um, uh, Gary Batman has failed to uh, grow the game um, the way the other um, major sports in North America have done. Um, somebody quite cleverly put out a, a graph um, showing the increased revenue for the NHL um, since 1990 to present, and this nice, slow, um, um, slowly sloped uh, graph and, and uh, where revenue is increasing. And then uh, superimposed is the MLB, the NFL, and the NBA that have this enormous exponential growth, completely eclipsing. And, and we remember when Gary came in that, that for the, in, in most measures, uh, the NHL was the number three sport, uh, but the NBA has certainly grown by leaps and bounds. Um, there was labor strife that none of the other sports have have endured, um, and uh, and 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 Gary's role in that. Uh, uh, the fact that um, you know Gary is very dismissive um, and very condescending. Um, there's there's issues in the game that that remain unresolved. Um, you know the goalie interference, which he says is is just fans um, misinterpreting or not understanding or or trying to be partisan. Um, the puck over the glass. All, there's a number of 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 uh, rule issues that that don't get resolved. Um, and then, you know, if you want to look at one, if you want to just have one uh, event to measure his his term is that he yanked uh, a team out of Winnipeg in 1996 and uh, put them into a marketplace uh, in Arizona that who's they've never embraced them. Um, and in those almost 30 years, uh, Arizona, uh, the Arizona Coyotes are now playing in a 5,000 seat, uh, arena. Um, it's, it's just, it's, it's not the, the, the best look, uh, for the, the, the tenure and the legacy of, of Gary Bettman, the commissioner. You know what else isn't a good look? Um, one year after, uh, Gary announces this big new broadcasting deal, uh, cutting ties, parting away with, uh, NBC Sports and moving to ESPN and TNT um, and U.S. TV ratings this year down and not just by a little bit. They are down drastically. Um, some of the big complaints, which I can certainly concur with, um, there is no streaming capability for anything on the NHL network. So on the rare occasions that your team uh, makes an appearance in a game on the NHL network, the only option that you have to watch that is by having a cable TV package that offers the NHL network. Uh, that is like 1984. I mean, it's it's like, that's just silly. Um, you have to subscribe and pay for a million different streaming services um, and have the TNT cable package. But then when you do that... Um, you can't watch your local game on ESPN Plus because it's st they still have blackouts in place for the local markets, which doesn't make any sense. There are a, there are so many things that are broken 
in my opinion, with the current um, broadcast and streaming setup for, for the NHL, why they don't have a single platform where everything is available is beyond me. Yeah, it's and, you know, for... Uh, those of us in Canada, we can say, well, that's just the, the U.S. audience. The U.S. audience is very important to the health of, of the league. <laughs> yes. it, really, really important. And for it to be down 22 percent, that's a huge deal. Um, and uh, I, I the, the blackouts are and, and the blackouts we hear from fans in Canada. That's something that uh, Gary has failed to tackle with. And, and don't don't blame TSN. Don't blame Sportsnet. Don't blame it's the league in concert with teams. Teams enforce their territories, uh, and that's what creates blackouts. It isn't the networks that don't want you to watch uh, the game. Uh, and, and Gary Batman has failed to uh, negotiate um, and and um, and 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 work with the teams to show how foolish that is. Um, that that you know isolate their their fans. Um, you know, the, the NHL network you mentioned, uh, being unable to stream that channel, but the content that's their own channel. They should just uh, scrap it, that it entire is network. Terrible. It's it is awful. awful, just awful. Um, and, and just, um, you know, when you talk to, uh, there's a caricature about, um, um, American, uh, hockey fans in the minds of, of, um, some Canadian fans, and and that's just old and silly. Um, the the folks that I talk to in the states, they like the game for the same reason that that I do, and and other Canadian fans do. Uh, and again, it's it's fostering that, it's helping that, it's 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 uh, it's trying to bring those fans in and solidify them uh, before all of these these marketing gimmicks gimmicks. It's been a it's been a failure, um, you know, part of the product, and, and this goes for both sides of the border. Um, the, the, the broadcasting, the color, the um, intermission features have never been worse. Um, nope. And uh, uh, that, that needs to, they need to address that as well. Um, blackout's a big issue, and, and, um, and again, uh, this, this really needs to uh, be addressed and and Gary Batman, that's that's on you. It definitely is. Uh, sometimes when you when you want to know, really, uh, you know, everyone has plenty of conjecture about different things regarding uh, professional hockey, playing in the NHL, so on and so forth. But when you really want to know the truth of it, you just go straight to the source. You ask the players. Uh, the Athletic uh, put out an NHL All Star Player poll where they. Uh, did a poll among a select group of NHL All-Stars who are gathered down in South Florida with some interesting results, Rick. About 20 Alls. Uh, the, the Athletic does a, a larger player poll uh, that's usually well-subscribed to and and, uh, and some interesting results. This is, is a much smaller group. Just 20 All-Stars participated, but... Uh, it's an important group because these are typically the best, better players, the leaders of each team. Um, so it's important to get their viewpoints, and and they they just covered a a, a handful of of issues. Um, so uh, you know nothing scientific here, um, but just to get a flavor of where uh, players are at. Uh, should the NHL extend three on three overtime to ten minutes and scrap the shootout? 
12 uh, said yes, uh, 4 said no. There seems to be um, nobody, including fans, like the shootout. So uh, there seems to be a growing interest in extending um, 3-on-3 overtime. Mm -hmm. Uh, Playoff expansion. Um, Should should there be a play-in round? Um, And Gary Batman has said, to his credit, has said no. Um, he thinks the playoff structure is fine, where 50% of the teams make the playoffs, 50% don't. Players agree. Uh, they say no play-in uh, round uh, for the playoffs. Um, who, talks, who talks the most smack on ice? Brad Marchant. That, that's the name that came up most frequently. That's not going to surprise you. The favorite road city. Yeah. Ask the Montreal media um, who the favorite road city is. Uh, and they'll all say Montreal, and, and players love coming to Montreal. They love playing at the Bell Centre, uh, that, that it's, the only, it's the only place. And that is why free agents want to come to Montreal, and that couldn't be further from the truth. This group that answered, Madison Square Gardens, uh, being in New York, that's okay. the favorite road city by far. Um, with uh, the runners-up being uh, Florida or Las Vegas. Mm. Um, Montreal got mentioned by one player. One player mentioned it as their favorite road city, and exactly one player mentioned Arizona as their favorite road destination. So that's kind of where Montreal sits in that. It's helpful to, to get the opinions of others just to kind of reframe um, reframe things. Uh, next outdoor game. Uh, again, uh, Gary Batman has said no to Montreal. Um, <laughs> yes. That uh, Florida, there, there's a wide variety here. There was no real consensus. Uh, Florida um, led the way. Um, Lake Louise would be interesting, although, uh, t- uh, you know, tough to, tough to uh, set up. Lake of the Woods. All right. Um, North of Kenora, we'll see. All right. Um, Alaska, one of the Great Lakes, the Rose Bowl, um, um, uh, a European hockey uh, soccer stadium. Lots of different answers there. Um, and the last question was about uh, the NHL Global Series um, and where should the NHL go next? Helsinki was. Again, ah. you might, if you're listening to uh, a Montreal reporter, uh, who kept kept insisting Paris is next on the list? It's not on the players list. No. Helsinki um, is uh, is their uh, a group of, of of their favorite destinations. I could I could understand that. That would be pretty fun. All right. Well, uh, we are going to take our first break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. We had a lot of great news to hit in the first segment today, uh, but still to come, we're going to have uh, our question of the week coming up later in the show. Um, and in our next segment, after we hear from our sponsors over at DraftKings, uh, next up is our big talk segment, and we are going to discuss some pretty hot topics surrounding the Montreal Canadiens right now, and we are going to, uh, kind of give our opinions on whether we think they're true or false. You don't want to miss that. So stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. 
Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I am Amy Johnson. You can find me on Twitter at Flyers Rule. And with me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. You can follow him, of course, at All Habs on Twitter. While you're there, follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Visit our website, CanadiansConnection.com. And hey, while you're there visiting that, just remember to subscribe to the Canadians Connection. Uh, right there in the player on your favorite podcast app. No matter how you do it, just hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Uh, This week on our Big Topics segment, we are tackling hot topics surrounding the Montreal Canadiens and doing a rousing rendition of true or false. That's fun. Yeah. That's fun because uh, there's lots of things that get talked about and and uh, and and fans wonder, um, you know, is is this really happening? Is it not? Is it true? Is it false? Uh, we're going to set the record straight. All right. Well, we are going to do that. True or false? Get the answers now on the Canadians Connection. All right. I was waiting for that. I knew it was coming. Um, first up. True or false, Nick Suzuki will receive free Chipotle for a year for winning the Pitch and Puck event at the NHL All-Star Skills Competition. Now, this would be in addition to, I should note, that every winner of each skills competition event was going to receive thirty grand. So Suzuki already so Suzuki got $30,000 for, for winning that little event. Um, That's a lot of Chipotle. Well, it is, but he doesn't have to pay for his Chipotle no, for the next no. year because it's true. He does receive free Chipotle for a year. The winner of that event gets free Chipotle for a year because they were the sponsor of that event, which is really fun because um, guess what? There isn't a Chipotle anywhere in Quebec. There's not. <laughs> they could not have awarded this to a worse person. Well, um, from Nick's perspective, uh, he, he his quote was, yep, I'm a big Chipotle guy. Uh, Chipotle bowl guy, steak and chicken, rice, sour cream. So, um, yeah, he he likes it. He has it on the road. Um, he has it in the off season. Um, but if he, yeah, in Montreal, um, he could go to Ottawa. They there is a location in <laughs> Ottawa that's nearby. He could go to Plattsburgh, New York. He could go to Burlington, Vermont. I suppose um, this is going to start the new trade rumor, right? That he's going to demand <laughs> to be traded to somewhere where he can use this prize. Well, certainly he can use it uh, on the road to um, any of the, <laughs> Treat the boys, yeah, any of the locations, <laughs> or 
he can be the good son and give it to his parents because in good old London, Ontario, uh, on the corner of Richmond and Fanshawe, uh, right across from Masonville Mall, I know it well. <laughs> I, I know the area well. There is a, a Chipotle in London, Ontario. No pressure, Nick, to be the good son and and give it to mom and dad but really the folks uh, the, the chipotle the, get yeah, on this yeah the, the, set up a, a pop-up in a mall or do something but but uh <laughs> make the most of this um to your benefit or airmail him chipotle once a week something. for the next year <laughs> um all right coming up next true or false carrie price and his family will leave montreal and return to their home in British Columbia when the season is over. Now, this really shouldn't be surprising. Um, you know, it's not the first time that this subject has come up. But yes, Angela Price did confirm this recently on her social media that uh, they are putting the house up for sale at the end of the season, uh, and they will be moving back to Kelowna. So it's not surprising. It is true. It doesn't make it any less hard to hear, though. It's kind of like so. Final. When you hear her say, yes, we're putting the house up for sale, it's like, oh, wow, okay, all right, it, this is happening. Um, it's kind of maybe a, a come-to-terms moment for, for Habs fans. It's funny because, um, you know, she's very open. Um, she is. Uh, and on, uh, on social media, uh, Angela uh, has, has been asked this before, and, and it was uh, uh, just around the new year that she was asked, and she, she was quite open, yes. Um, we're, we're putting the, the Candiac house, um, up for sale. Um, and then it came up again and she asked it again. And this time, uh, the media noticed and, and jumped on it. Uh, and Angela said, um, that they, they're going to be going back to Kelowna. They, they, uh, built from scratch a, a beautiful house in the Kelowna area. Um, they're going to wait until the season, the hockey season's over, but also after, uh, live, um, their oldest child uh, finishes school, um, and um, and then the, the they're going to sell their house. And she said it's going to be difficult to uh, say goodbye to their neighbors, and uh, but that it it makes the most sense to be near their family, um, and and in the the home that uh, that they've built. Um, I, I, I don't think folks should get too excited about this, though, because no. uh, Carrie Price still under contract. And we've seen Carrie Price uh, a lot, uh, very visible. Visible at the you made the ho- the Christmas hospital visits. Uh, he's part of the blood drive, um, and it was just reported that he's going to be part of uh, the Pee Wee Hockey Tournament in Quebec City on uh, February eighteenth. Nice uh, at the Videotron Center. He'll be there dropping the puck. Uh, um, and uh, signing autographs, and and um, he's going to stay engaged uh, with the team, with uh, Canadians fans. Um, his family will just be uh, stable in their home in Kelowna, and and uh, the kids will be able to uh, integrate into the school system there. So I I don't it it you're right. It's it's kind of a sad. Uh, almost final end yeah, of an era. That's right. Um, but it's not something that. Um, yeah, Michelle Terrian was beside himself when he heard this news, <laughs> as you can imagine. There he so was. Uh, uh, the message, uh, message is, don't be like Michelle Terrian. No. All right, true or false? Speaking of head coaches or former head coaches of the um, Montreal Canadiens, true or false? This week, 
Uh, well, this part is true. We know this week, Marty St. Louis will celebrate the first anniversary of being named the head coach of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, true or false? It's safe to say that he won't be behind the bench of a minor league hockey team anytime soon. Now, I'm going to say that that's true, but I have a caveat. That doesn't mean that I think that he's going to remain the head coach of Montreal. I don't think he's going to last um, past the rebuild portion of of uh, past the the actual rebuilding phase uh, of his time in Montreal. I don't think that he'll last past that as head coach. Uh, but I think that he'll be some some organization in the NHL is going to be enamored by his his energy and the way he works with young people, and maybe he'll get brought on as as an, as an assistant somewhere. Um, that's just my guess. It's it. Uh, I like your logic. I I like the way you thought through this. Um, we didn't really compare. You know, I didn't. Share we didn't compare the, notes. No, no. and uh, it's a unfortunately, as I'm prone to do, it's a bit of a trick question. Oh Be- come on! <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, safe to say that he won't be uh, behind the bench of a minor league hockey team anytime soon. Well. Unfortunately, um, he is behind the bench of a minor league hockey team <laughs> oh, this come on, you week. Can't do that. This week, um, <laughs> yes, he went home to Connecticut. Uh, he has three boys; they all play hockey. Ryan, Lucas, uh-huh. and Mason. Uh, and uh, during his break, he was uh, on the bench of a minor league hockey team. That's entrapment here uh, in the United States. That's that is mean. <laughs> That is, see, I took my job assignment seriously. I put serious analytical thought into this. It's terrible. And I stand by what I said. Fine. True or false, London Knights defenseman Logan Mayhew will be the next Canadian's prospect to make the jump to the NHL. Now, I know that you're going to have a story behind this, so I'm just going to tell you what I think anyway. Um... I, I want to say that that is true because Logan Mayu has played well enough that he deserves the call-up. However, I think there is so much media and fan noise around Joshua Waugh not having a call-up yet that I don't I, that I think that this is going to be false because, just because of pressure from outside sources. But if it were just a hockey decision, I would say it should be true. So where the, where is this coming from? And if you're listening to the, to the Canadians Connection podcast, you know that we reported that Frankie Bullion was asked this question on 98.5. Who's the next prospect to Canadians prospect to make the jump to the NHL? He emphatically said it would be Logan Mayu. Uh, he guaranteed it would be Logan Mayu. Um, he said that, that he's impressed and the organization is very, very impressed. Uh, we know Jeff Gorton uh, was uh, in London to watch one of, of, uh, Logan Mayo's games recently. Mm-hmm. Um, he's having a terrific season. Um, uh, Friday night against uh, Saginaw, London won that game 5-1. to one. Uh, Logan had his 14th goal of the season, uh, also had an assist. Um, tremendous. Um, I, the difficulty is going to be um, the Canadians have brought uh, so many young rookie defensemen um, who are playing uh, regularly, uh, that uh, is that the place that you're going to um, expose another rookie, um, mm-hmm. and especially next season? Uh, in his uh, to his to his his asset is that he's a right-handed defenseman, and uh, the Canadians have an abundance of left-handed defensemen. Uh, so positively, you know, Frankie could be right. 
The other thing I'll mention here is that um, take it as a signal when the organization starts talking about a player. Um, we all know um, Arbor Jacki. We know what he's done this season. Uh, he's quickly become a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. Hockey Night in Canada is doing features on this player. Uh, there's all kinds of interesting storylines. Uh, a year ago, uh, very few had heard or were following uh, Arbor Jacki, except almost every uh, member of the Canadians Hockey Ops staff, when you talked to them last summer, um, were talking about Arbor Jacki. Um, they were signaling what was going to happen and that he would be, be given every opportunity. Is this starting? Is this starting again yeah. with a Logan Mayu? We don't know, um, but but take it as a signal and uh, don't be surprised if if he gets a good long look in training camp. True or false? Now this is going to be one that's going to light some people's uh, argumentative debate. Uh, true or false? Kirby Doc will be a better center than Nick Suzuki. And Suzuki will eventually be moved to the wing. Boy, this is some. This is a. This is a pond to wade into. Um, and so, not because I don't. Not because I want to be. Um, you know, conservative in my view here. But I'm actually going to say this is true and false because I actually take this as two different things. A, I do believe that Kirby Doc could end up being a better center than Nick Suzuki. And that is not a slight against Nick Suzuki. I think it's just, it's more of a compliment of how much Kirby Doc is coming into his own uh, in, in in this season. I don't believe that, well, I should say they should not move Suzuki to the wing. Um, and I don't think that they would move Suzuki to the wing. So that's the part that I think is false. So I think it's true that Doc could end up being a better center than Suzuki, but and I think it's false that they'll move Suzuki to the wing but what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, where is this coming from? Why is it even um, why is it even a topic? Uh, we, we're talking about hot topics, and if you go on social media, if you go on Twitter, if you go on Facebook, uh, the debate is raging. This one, people have chosen <laughs> chosen their horse. Uh, they're dug in in their foxholes, and they're fighting viciously about being either Team Doc or Team Suzuki. Um, and people complaining, don't hate on Nick, on, on Nick Suzuki. It's uh, not about hating uh, Nick Suzuki. This is, this, is, this is a healthy debate. It's a good debate. And it was started, uh, it, it was, it was started by our dear friend Brian Wild, um, who does the Call of the Wild for a global t- uh, TV um, column. Uh, and on um, TSN 690, he he said just this, that Kirby Doc will be um, a better center than Nick Suzuki, and Suzuki will be moved to the wing. The reason he'll be moved to the wing, uh, that is that, that the Canadians will draft a center. The, the draft, very deep, um, uh, this upcoming draft. And, uh, you know, is it is it going to be a Connor Bedard? Mm, that's that's going to be a, a tough task. Could it be an Adam Fantilli? Could it be, um, you know, it, it, he's, Brian Wilde is saying the Canadians will draft um, uh, a center and those two you're going to want, uh, both Doc and that new center, uh, you're going to want in your top six. You're also going to want a Nick Suzuki in your top six. 
um, and that he'll be moved to the wing. Uh, Kirby Dock um, has been very, very impressive at center. He's a mm-hmm. natural center. Uh, we've talked about it on this show, how he's able to drive the play. He drives the play. He makes his wingers better. Um, he's the best Canadian on um, zone entries. He's very good on zone exits. Um, he has all the skills to be a dominant, elite, um, top-line center. Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield, uh, part of the best line for the Canadians, um, but they've had real difficulty going up against uh, the opposition's number one line. They get buried uh, in shot share most most nights until um, Kirby Dock was added to that line as a winger, um, and and that was a case of of well, you can see why it started that Marty St. Louis was trying to give um, an opportunity for, for Kirby Doc to, to build his confidence. But after that, it was just results. Remember we said that, that uh, remember Marty said he was not going to be focused on results. Well, in this case, in the, in the, in putting together that line, it was all about results. Um, and it was only by way of injuries that Kirby Doc was forced back into service at, uh, at center uh, and um, he's looked terrific, and he should never, he should never, never. go back, ever, no. ever. No, no, no. Um, he is, um, you know, his possession numbers, his shot share numbers, um, his his he's plays with a bit of an edge. Um, he's got some swagger now. Um, he should be uh, one of the Canadians' top two centers. Uh, for a long time, and and now you can understand the plan. You can understand the Kent Hughes, Jeff Gordon plan, and, and why they gave away um, uh, such a significant piece uh, in order to bring him in. They didn't do that uh, to to make uh, Kirby Doc a winger. So uh, in this case, it's 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 a debate. It should be a healthy debate. It should be a fun debate. It should mm-hmm. be a debate that that uh, Canadians Everybody fans wins. enjoy because yeah. this is only means good things uh, for the, the, the future. Please don't get upset and, and talk about that, that uh, you know, that there's hate being spread about no. one player or another. It's just too soon to say there's so many things that, that uh, uh, need to happen. But, but one thing that should stay the same, Kirby Doc should remain at center. Last but not least... True or false, Canadian's general manager Kent Hughes is not shopping Josh Anderson, so the power forward will not be traded. I could not be more emphatic that this absolutely is false and false and false and false. Uh, First of all, sorry, Kent. Uh, We've seen this movie before, and um, it was a big flop. Uh, It was a big flop when Bergevin said it and Subban was traded. Uh, And we've heard Kent Hughes say this before, and then trade Arturi Lekkonen. So A, not buying it, and B, uh, if it were actually true and you are actually not shopping Josh Anderson, well, then you may as well just hang it up as the GM because that would be the most ridiculous thing. Uh, Absolutely, Josh Anderson should be available and traded early and often. (laughs) Is... um... That you know, the news came out. Um, Kent Hughes is not shopping Josh Anderson. That could be true. <laughs> uh, Kent Hughes doesn't need to shop That's Josh right. a- Anderson. 
um, he's letting, and and uh, Kent Hughes has said, my phone is ringing off the hook. Uh, the, I get the most calls about Josh, Josh Anderson. Anderson. Uh, he said that already. But it was Darren Drager this week um, who said... Uh, there's a let's uh, on 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 uh, one of his segments said uh, to quote let's talk about a player who is not in play for the trade deadline uh, that player is Josh Anderson not in play says Darren Drager the only way he gets uh, moved is if, if someone persuades Kent Hughes and makes an offer that he simply can't refuse uh, and then goes on to say that. Calgary Flames uh, GM Brad Treliving has expressed interest before um, in Josh Anderson, and and this is a simple matter of of negotiating tactics. You don't, um, it's, we, as you said, last trade deadline we've seen this is this is you know from his experience as as a player agent. Kent Hughes is saying no, 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 no. The player's not available in the hopes that it's going to drive up uh, the price, uh, that it will uh, bring on more uh, interest, although there's lots of interest for Josh Anderson. Um, and and if you're not showing that you're anxious, you don't want to part with some something, um, then that's sending the message that this, this asset is valuable. Right. And that's exactly what Kent Hughes is doing here. Uh, he did it all through the last uh, trade negotiations, last trade mm-hmm. deadline. Uh, it, it's it's only going to work for a little while longer. I mean, the other Before general everybody managers. Everybody catches on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, other general managers. And I'm sure there there are that, that kind of roll their eyes. Yeah, sure, Kent, you don't want to get rid of them. Uh-huh. Um, why would you want to get rid of Josh Anderson? Well, um, inconsistency is one. Um, his inability to mesh on the first line with with uh, Nick Suzuki just hasn't worked with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield, and you're paying him a lot of money. And there's that big uh, contract um, in terms of of dollars and tenures. So um, he it would be a nice piece to to move on. Um, and um, it's either, as I said on last week's show, it's going to happen at the trade deadline or it's going to happen in the off season. Uh, but um, a, a very, very good chance that Josh Anderson um, is going to be traded before uh, the the next Canadians trading uh, training camp. I would have to agree with you there, and he should be. Uh, so there you have it. There are uh, six hot topics currently being uh, chatted about in the Montreal landscape around the Canadians, and hopefully uh, this has helped you get a little more. Uh, informed as to how true or false uh, all of those uh, rumors and speculations and statements uh, have been. Uh, What we're going to do right now is we're going to take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Happy to report that our good friends and sponsors over at Raycon are back and they've got a tremendous new uh, percent off incentive for all of uh, the Canadians Connections listeners. So they're going to be uh, coming up right uh, now with with that information on how you can take advantage of that. And then when we come back, uh, we are going to give you the question of the week as well as let you have your say, get you caught up on things that you might have missed. And we're going to hear from Michael Spinella, who has uh, some some special words to bring as well that you don't want to miss. So stay with us. You are listening to the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. 
Hey friends, you know, this time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time pretty unrealistic. Like, you know, how many of us are really going to stick to that New Year's resolution that we're only going to eat salad for lunch every day this year? I doubt it. I've actually found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be a part of a big change if it's something you use every day, like my Raycons. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. In the studio, whether I'm recording a podcast, whether I'm working as a voice actor, I have big, heavy studio headphones on for all of those types of things. The great thing about my Raycons is when I just need some casual listening for audio, if I'm working, if I'm writing, doing something like that, and I just want to listen to a podcast uh, like those here at Rocket Sports Radio, or if I just want to listen to some music in the background, my Raycons are wireless, they're small, they fit in my ears perfectly, which is always an issue for me with in-bud uh, earphones. So whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low-latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycons got you covered. And yep, Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each, or a pair and a spare, and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. Even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options, and every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. Um, some of the things I love about my Raycons, I love the customizable sound profiles, uh, tap functions on the sides of the earbuds. I love the awareness mode because I don't want to tune out necessarily what's going on around me. So you can turn on awareness mode, which allows some of the ambient sound around you in the room that you're in or where you, whatever your environment is to seep in so that you can still hear what's going on around. They're water and sweat resistant. So if you want to use them when you're working out, that's great too. So are you ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. And welcome back to episode 229 of the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Don't forget, you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And be sure to visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. And hey, uh, if you didn't know, you can text us at any time if you've got questions, comments, feedback, uh, anything you want to know about the Canadians and hockey. You can text us at the Rocket Sports text line, and that number is 585 Three Rocket. Again, that's 5853 Rocket. Um, before we get to what we actually have on the agenda for this segment, a little bit of breaking news uh, while we are recording today, and that is 
of course, uh, Gary Bettman and Bill Daly were meeting with the media prior to the start of the All-Star Game uh, in South Florida. And the announcement has been made as to who is hosting next year's All-Star Weekend for the NHL. Um, and I can guarantee that uh, there's likely not going to be any golf or beach events. At no the beach events? No, at the skills competition next year. A uh, little bit of a colder climate. Uh, the All-Star Games are going back to Canada next year. Toronto mm. and the Maple Leafs will be hosting the 2024 Honda NHL All-Star Weekend. All right. So. Close by. Close by. Expect to see lots of Habs jerseys there. Um, all right. So what you might have missed, you know, even though the Canadians had the bulk of the week off, it doesn't mean that the folks at Rocket Sports Media did. Uh, still busy churning out great content for you uh, over at All Habs Hockey Magazine at allhabs.net. Of course, Chris G had his notepad, his Habs notepad at the beginning of the week. Uh, Sam also had a feature this week giving his early 23-24 roster predictions, uh, kind of how he sees the Canadians roster shaping up for next year. So be sure to check both of those items out. If you haven't done so already, this is where I get to do my shameless plug of the <laughs> the All Habs YouTube channel over at youtube.com slash All Habs. Why do I say that? Well, it's because I host a weekly show at our YouTube channel called Habs Hockey Report. Uh, this week, I actually put down predictions of every event for the NHL skills competition. So you want to go check that out. Find out how I did. Spoiler alert, I did not get shut out, uh, but you're going to have to watch to see which ones I got right. Um, and if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel already, I, I really encourage you to do so. Uh, last week, I had a video uh, breaking down Gary Bettman's um, press conference in Montreal, and it took off like wildfire. I think we had, you know, 1,400 views in the first 20 hours or something like that. I mean, it was it, it just tons of tons of people interacting over there, so don't miss out on that. Be sure to check that out. Uh, as Rick has said, our the Facebook conversations with our fans and followers on Facebook uh, are also equally active, um, so be sure that you join in that community over at facebook.com slash allhabs. And also, uh, if you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast, we welcome you and invite you to do that now, as well as the Press Zone podcast, where we focus on the Laval Rocket uh, and Habs prospects every Tuesday. You can find that at thepresszone.fm. Um, we do always like to pose a question of the week to you. And this week, it's related to what uh, one of those trade rumblings we talked about uh, in the second segment. And so what we want to know really is... Which team are you on? Are you on team trade Josh Anderson that he's going? Or are you on team keep Josh Anderson? Don't let him go. He's got to stick around. Which is a pretty, uh, I'll be curious to see how how our listeners respond to that. And I'm sure there'll be lots of passionate comments. <laughs> I'm sure there will be. Um, now, uh, we don't have any of our new... We, uh, Last week debuted a brand new predictions segment uh, on on the show. Uh, I should say congratulations to Cole because he went one and one with his predictions. And, and the one that he got right was the first one out of the gate. Uh, and so he was uh, pretty pleased with himself about that. I was I was happy to see that as well. And and even the one he got wrong, he got the score right. He got he got it yes, was he a did. five four uh, score. Um, he said Montreal would take it. Ottawa did, but got the score right. So I was very impressed with Cole's predictions last week. I, yes. And 
and I look forward to more predictions uh, coming up soon. Uh, we don't have predictions uh, this week from from one of our team members uh, simply because the Canadians don't play a game again between now and the next episode of the Canadians Connection podcast. But have no fear. Uh, team members will have their voices heard next week as predictions return. Uh, and speaking of team members having their voices heard, our very own host of this show, Michael Spinella, uh, recently this week uh, on Tuesday night, happened to uh, get to go to the Bell Center to experience his very first regular season Habs game at the Bell Center. And he wanted to join us here in the studio just to 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 describe to our listeners what it was like for him experiencing a game for the first time at the home of the Montreal Canadiens. Thanks, guys. On January the 31st, uh, I went to my very first game at the Bell Center. Uh, it was Ottawa visiting Montreal. I've actually seen these two teams face off in the preseason at, at Canadian Tire Center in Ottawa a couple times. Uh, but nothing compares to seeing Montreal in their home barn. Uh, I've attended the Bell Center a couple times before. I went to the draft uh, last summer. I went to the annual blood drive in the fall. I've always been super impressed with the building and uh, the whole decor that they have set up outside. But again, it's a completely different feeling once you go there for a Montreal Canadiens game. I've been in Montreal for about two years now, and this was really the first opportunity I've had to go. I managed to swoop up a couple of uh, cheaper tickets on Ticket IQ, and I've been looking forward to this for a while. It's been a long time coming. Montreal is known for having a very loud and energetic crowd. They did not disappoint. Uh, from the moment you get to your seat uh, right up until the end of the game, the crowd is just absolutely buzzing. Uh, they react to anything and everything uh, from the announcing the opening lineup to uh, the refs making a penalty call, uh, the final buzzer, everything. I didn't always understand what was being reacted to, I'll be honest, but hey, it's a lot of fun to be there. I was surprised at the amount of Ottawa jerseys that, that were in the building that night, but everyone was getting along pretty well. All the fans uh, were incredibly nice people. Um... In fact, I actually saw two friends. Uh, one was wearing a Montreal Jack Eye jersey, and the other was wearing uh, an Ottawa Stutzler jersey. Really, I have to wonder how they remain friends, uh, if that's the case. But uh, uh, like I said, uh, just a really fun crowd to be in. A uh, little bit disappointed in my seats, I'll be honest. I had kind of uh, an obstructive view with a tarp just in front of me. Uh, it wasn't blocking the ice at all, which was great, uh, but it was blocking uh, the big screen a little bit so I couldn't see the replays. I uh, thought it would be a lot more distracting than it ended up being once the game got going and uh, the crowd was buzzing. Uh, I, I barely even noticed it so I, I had a ton of fun that night. Uh, I really look forward to being able to go to another game and uh, who knows maybe Montreal will actually win that game. Uh, I'd love to see uh, Montreal win in their home building at some point. But uh, thank you very much guys and I'll send it right back to you. Well, it, there's nothing like seeing um, a first game at the Bell Center. As yeah. Michael said, he had been to the Bell Center before for other events. He, he'd been to Place Bell several times, been in the, the press box in, in Place Bell. But this was his first regular season um, game. Um, Michael grew up uh, as an Ottawa Senators fan, so so you can understand uh, him going to this game and, and wanted to see a good game. Um, and, and next time he hopes to see... Uh, the Canadians come out as victors and see what that's like uh, celebration, uh, celebrating a win at the Bell Center.
And I'm, you know, it was, I, I love that he, that he wanted to share, share the experience with us and, and our listeners as well, because you kind of forget sometimes how, uh, how unique and exciting and exhilarating it is to have that kind of a first. Um, and so we thank him for, for calling in to, uh, to, to tell us about that. Um, don't forget, once uh, game action starts up again for the Montreal Canadiens, be sure to check out the complete game previews every afternoon, every game day over at allhabs.net, including then, of course, the comprehensive game recaps after each game. Uh, the next Canadians Connection episode will be next Saturday, February 11th. Uh, Michael Spinella will be back in the hosting chair. Have no fear. I was only here for one week. Uh, and quite frankly, um, I don't know that you could uh, tie me down to do a, to host a podcast next weekend anyway, because I'm going to be bouncing off the walls. Super Bowl party planning. Um, I no, I won't be hosting a Super Bowl party, but I will be. <laughs> my husband and I will be definitely amping up. I cannot believe my NFL team, Philadelphia Eagles, are going back to the Super Bowl. I thought I had died and gone to heaven, and that it, like life was not real. Uh, six years ago when they did it in 2000 in 2017 and 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 they won the Super Bowl I never thought in my life I would see that happen and and for them to be going back with a decent shot at it yeah I'm um it's I'm going to need to I'm gonna be pacing for <laughs> the entire week well good luck with that <laughs> have fun and and Super Bowl weekend traditionally the Montreal Canadiens play matinee games they will do so again um uh, this year uh, next week uh, saturday and sunday matinee games uh, but we'll tell you all about that next week on the canadians connection absolutely don't forget to subscribe to the canadians connection on your favorite podcast app share it on social media uh thanks again for having me on today thanks uh, for being here thank you it was a very fun show uh glad to be here look forward to coming back again soon uh, and to all of you out there, stay warm, and uh, we look forward to inviting you back next week for another great episode of the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.